It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready for the greatest show in fantasy football history hosted by the incomparable Scott Connor and the one and only Ray GQ? I present to you Destination Chill where football and fantasy collide. Destination Chill is back for another show. This is going to be a good one. This is going to lead into a lot of conversations that people probably have questions on. Ray gets a ton of questions. I get a ton of questions. Discord, other shows, whatnot. But we're going to be talking about Dynasty Direction. And I already saw some comments in the chat, Ray. We got Cole World in there. Ty DeClaire, Kanja, a bunch of other names that I recognize from both Wake Up and from Trades in Five, but Dynasty Direction. That's tonight's topic. And it can go a lot of different ways. It's not just direction. Do you want to take your team tank or to the top? But it's also, what do I do in the moment with all of the players that maybe I have a team that's 5-0, and but I just lost two of my top four players. Jefferson, A-Rich, A-Chain. There's many others. But really, it's about what direction to pick, when to do it, how to get there. So what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Um, you know, it's something that we talk about all the time, Scott, just leaning into a direction. And I think it's one of those things when you start out any league, dynasty, redraft, everybody's got a doggone contender, right? Everybody's going to win the league when you start when you do the startup and you pick your roster. Then a couple of weeks goes through and, you know, things aren't going well. But now we look up, we're in, uh, going into week six. And I still see a lot of people out there that are 0-5, 1-4. Man, I just need, if I can just fix this position, if I can just upgrade the running back, if I can get another receiver, I'm going to be all right. So this is going to be a good one, man. I mean, we've both been in spots and are currently in spots now where we look at our rosters and the reality is we're just not going to win. And at that point, I think the strategy almost is it's it's competitive, but like in a reverse way. It's the competition to the bottom. It's the race to clear points. It's a race to the 101. It's the race for the higher draft capital. And you see that happening in certain leagues with sharp managers. And, you know, if you can't win, to, if you can't win, what is it, Ricky Bobby? If you ain't first, you're last. And that's kind of in a in a way like I don't want to be so black and white with it in Dynasty, but. It kind of is, man. Either you're in it to win it or you don't want to play around in the middle and you don't want to be bad enough to get the 103. Like you want to just go ahead and go all the way and embrace it and grab the 101. So before we start, we are going to lean on the chat. I know Scott was in here talking to y'all a little bit while ago, but we want, listen, this ain't like we're not going through trades per se, but holler at us in the chat. Drop some of your rosters that you thought 
were going to be absolute monsters. I want to know the players. Give me quarterbacks, just the main guys. You don't have to give me, don't give me all the fodder, but your main foundational core pieces that you thought would help you win a title this year. You drafted Daniel Jones, Nick Chubb. You grabbed Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks. Like, put those in the chat so we can pull them up and just give you some actionable, real-life players and situations and how we would maneuver that. Yeah, and I'll just say this, just because Ray and I are in probably, I don't know what, 15 leagues together, give or take, something like that. Yeah. And I have noticed... And I'm sure a lot of people that are in this chat or watching this on the replay or listening to it on the pod feed have probably also noticed the last couple of weeks, you and I have been pretty active. And I think in a way, because we spend so much time together, we spend so much time in voice chat talking through this stuff. We spend so much time every day texting about different stuff, but we're also out there going, all right, we're practicing what we're preaching. And anyone that didn't catch last week's episode, we talked a lot about the, the pitfalls of running into the other managers in your league where you see they should be going in a direction. You see they should be making this type of move, but they just haven't quite got there. And sometimes it's being willing to go out there and spend, I mean, let me just pick your brain. How many hours this week have you spent, and maybe hours is the wrong word because we're pretty efficient at just sending shit out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. How much time this week have you spent going in a league and doing your full 360 scope review of your team and the other teams in the league and going, I'm just going to send out 15 deals. Numerous leagues we're in, you've put in the chat, I just sent out a dozen trades. And sometimes you put that little poke in there too, which is like half of y'all better be just accepting these because of the direction you're supposed to be going based on my research. But how much time have you spent this week? Because it feels like this is kind of the crucial time to either get ahead of going up or going down, but being active and not waiting until four or five deals have gone through. And then you're wondering, man, where is the market for me to go either direction? That's how you get stuck in the middle is when you're the last one to act. So what's your week looked like? You've sent out a lot of deals. How successful do you think you've been? How much time have you spent? I will say I have been successful. Um, I've spent some time like I, I can't really I can't quantify it and tell you how many hours, but I am very strategic and I, I got this from you. I don't do it with every league, Scott. It's I've got to pick and choose which day I'm going to focus on which leagues. I'm right now I'm in a portfolio. I play in a lot of leagues, so I'm prioritizing them by pot chances to win. And um, I, I am. I'm spending some time, dude. I mean, when I wake up at the crack of dawn, I'm checking the message box. If I got to go take a dump real quick, I got the phone in the bathroom with me and I'm firing off offers. Like I'm just, I'm being, listen, I'm going to be real with y'all. Like I am sending them out because there's a goal. I'm trying to accomplish something. And I know that if I'm last to the party or if I wait another two weeks, those first round picks, those second round picks that I'm trying to acquire, the aging veterans that are going to help you win a championship on a contender, they're gone. I can't wait until week eight, week nine. It's having an honest assessment of where I'm at already in week five. I, I was listening to um, Sirius XM today and people were, some people were on there. I don't know who it was. And they were like, oh man, everybody's talking about where, you know, the season is flying by and there's not a lot of time left. And they were telling people you got plenty of time. Even if you started out, oh, the, the advice that was given out is even if you started 0-5, you got plenty of time to turn that thing around. Okay, maybe. Like, maybe if all the stars align and you get lucky, somehow you'll rattle off 10 straight wins and make it to the playoffs. But the likelihood of that happening is slim. 
So yeah, Scott, I've been very aggressive, very honest and real with my teams in those rosters. And I am trying to liquidate to either uh, buy some veteran players off of teams that have failed or to liquidate some of those older players or at least desirable players off of my roster to accumulate capital to have liquidity going into the offseason. Yeah, and let's just start talking about the the process of getting there because the title is obviously picking your direction or dynasty direction. But where do you start? Because it's very easy to go in your league and go, okay, it's a, let's just say it's a 14-team league, okay, and I'm sixth place. I'm three and two. I wrote an article a couple weeks ago on the site that kind of talked about how to navigate this through four weeks. So if anyone wants like a place to start, that's where I put, and shameless plug, tectonic transactions, I put it out every week. That is what I am doing. That's what I'm doing. So if you want to know what I'm doing with my portfolio, that's the place to find it. I talk about it on streams, but a lot of times when we're on a show like this, I can't dive into like the step-by-step, right? So you got to have a place to start. You got to be able, I mean, especially if you're playing in even just 10 leagues, 15 leagues, you got to have a process to go, okay, today I have 30 minutes. I'm going to go up and I see three leagues that I need to go through and attack. I need to be able to assess quickly, where am I? Some of the other things besides my head-to-head record, my potential points, my all-play record, what are the playoff rules, how many teams make it in, all these little factors where you go, okay, well, what are my odds of getting to the top or getting to the bottom? And that's not just an assessment of getting to the playoffs. I was looking at a league today where I considered, man, should I blow this thing up, right? It's a potential points league. Then I look at the potential points. There's three teams that are 300 below where I'm even at. So it means I can't even get to the bottom. I have a better chance getting to the playoffs than I do getting to the bottom. So I can sit there and go, oh, I should blow it up. I'm one and four. Then I go, there's been three teams that have been blowing it up since last summer. Yeah. So it's like, I can't even get to the bottom. So I might as well, maybe I strategically try to move a piece or two, but it's not just a blow up because I'm going to be getting Caleb Williams. It's like, okay, I don't want to spend my flexible capital, but I wouldn't hate getting into the playoffs, seeing if I can do some damage because I have a couple players that could go off. So you have to have an assessment in a process. That article kind of walks through how to get there, the things to look at to really determine, okay, are you a contender? Are you a pretender? And I saw Dynasty Daddy in the chat, uh, chat giving a shout out to him. He has a good site to at least double check your thoughts. Hey, let me pull up that Dynasty Daddy. Ray, it says your team's a fraud. Ninth in total assets in the league. Mm-hmm. Now you're four and one. You're thinking you're cooking, right? You're you're a game away from getting a buy. Yet you look at one of these other sites and it goes, man, Ray, your your roster isn't as valuable from an asset standpoint as some of the others in your league. So it's almost like a, a full scope view, but you got to be able to do that in 15 minutes because yeah. the next step is doing what you're doing. Okay, I know what I need. I need. I know I need to go buy maybe a QB. I know I need to go buy a wide receiver. Like, and then you're just starting to fire out offers. And you and I can send out offers, and we go, oh yeah, that that new Hopkins looks good in this league. Let's just go for it. We don't really care necessarily who the players are. We're trying to get a specific form of a deal done to push our team in a certain direction. Correct. And it, it's not about the players as much Correct. as it's the direction well, of where the trade is going. Well, that's that's the crux of the matter, and that's going to be the pin, the, the linchpin of this show, the pain point that a lot of people don't want to hear, but they need to hear, because what you normally see when that happens is 
Yeah, I know I need to race to the bottom, but I really can't move Drake London. And, you know, I want to hold on to Ramondre Stevenson because I need to build around him next year. So let's go ahead and start to put some actionable stuff into play here. Over the past week, Scott, or a couple of days, we've learned that Justin Jefferson is out. Devon A. Chain, the NFL's leading damn rusher after like two games, is out. We know Anthony Richardson may be done for the season. T. Higgins has missed time and hurt. Like, think about all the players. Saquon Barkley's still not active. Daniel Jones is hurt. And I'm not naming players that are like fringe, bottom, you picked them up late. No, no. These are players that you invested at least decent to early startup capital or high rookie draft capital into these assets and they're not performing or injured. And the injuries, it's coming at a bad time. Like, Right now, at the like at this point, because let me let me tell you why right now is the worst time for this to happen, because people still have false hope. There are some two and two and three teams out there, some one and four teams that the strongest team in the league or the team that was two and three right above them, they lost Jefferson. So now there's hope. Like man, uh, if if I just liquidate and trade that twenty four first and get. Kyron Williams, right? If I liquidate this and go buy a couple of these assets, I can climb right back into it. It's still early enough where people believe that there is a way uh, to recover. And maybe in some leagues, in some formats, you can. Maybe you luck up and you can. But by and large, I want to operate and start this exercise out by ain't no damn recovery. You're one and four. You're not making the playoffs. And if you do, you're probably an early round exit. You lost all your starters. Now, what do you do? What do you do now that Jefferson is down? You lost Nick Chubb. Your first three picks are out of there. And then that's that's not to mention the players that you drafted that are underperforming. So I just kind of sort of, and we're using this, Scott, not to not so much as to like directly tell these people what to do, but you've got a roster that has some of these players on it, and it started out this way. Just where do you start? Where does your analysis start? So um I've got one pulled up right here. I've got one pulled up right here from Jen Stahl. Jen says, oh, gosh, let me, uh, let, let me, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to do some different things with, like, the box, and it looks crazy. So Jen says, love the show, guys. Have T-Law, Fields, Purdy, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, JSN, Jerry Judy, Traylon Burke, Sky Moore, Ramondre, Madison, Dobbins. Team ain't doing good. Four and six and tanking. So, Scott, you see those players, you know, pull it up one more time. T-Law Fields, great quarterbacks. I mean, Brock Purdy, got awesome names. There's a lot of rosters out here with some of these names, Scott. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, JSN. Oh, my God. Talk about a wolf of a best ball uh, option and underdog. Jerry Judy, Traylon, because they listened to me. He was going to break out this year. Sky Moore, they were listening to D-Bro, my boy. Ramondre, Madison, Dobbin. What do you do? What, like... This roster, it's got good names, Scott. And I guarantee, and I don't know if Jen is still watching, guarantee if you say, go, I'm not even going to say anything, but I guarantee I know what Jen's thought process is for the players that you may say she need to be liquidating. So you've got this roster, strong quarterbacks, great names in here, not a lot of production. You're four and six and you're trying to tank. What are you doing? How do you, how do you approach this? So zooming out from this specific team for just a second, one thing yes. I was thinking about earlier today is, and I shared this with you before the stream, but I had a couple teams, especially one that I'm thinking of where I didn't really think it was any good. And we're five weeks in and it's probably my best team thus far. Is it my best team from like an asset standpoint? No. 
But in terms of how it's performing, yes, like all play record, it's right there with some of my best teams. Now, the takeaway is when you're in this position with that roster, I think we have to acknowledge a couple things. We've done prior shows, so I don't want to really bring it up on this, but the the dynasty day trading game that we play now, the redraft version of things change so quickly. It also means, and this is kind of a theory that it's a working theory that I'll probably do a future show on, but I do kind of surmise that you can build a team from little to a lot if you're willing to grind and you can do it quicker than you could have in the past. And the reason for that is if you're willing to grind the margins, if you're willing to pack a team like this in and say, hey, this team has a foundation of sorts. It has a couple foundation receivers, at least one elite quarterback that I can probably go into next year feeling okay about them in the same spot that they are today, but also acknowledge that I can turn everything else around into something that's liquid. And maybe I get some good value on a couple players that are injured, that others are scared of holding for the next month because they're not going to be scoring any points. But I think if you can just do that and go into the offseason with liquidity in the form of draft capital, and let's face it, after the season ends, so I think it's this year, January like 4th is the last game of the year, something like that. I don't know the exact date, but it's the first week of January. Mm -hmm. The day after that happens, you know, payout day, all your leagues are paying out the commissioner dues and paying out the prizes, right? Think about the demand. Look at your roster. Think about the demand for every one of your players on that day. That player, Ramondre, whether he's producing or not right now, what is he worth on that day, the day after the fantasy playoff ends? Look at this roster. Everyone in here, look at this screen and tell me which players on this team do you feel ironclad good about the <laughs> day after the season's over? Now, you may have a little bias and go, I still believe in Jerry Judy. I still believe in Traylon Burks. I'm not saying, would you roster them? I'm saying, how good do you feel about that year three Traylon Burks in your portfolio when he's done nothing after two years? Not from that he can't end up being a useful piece, but how much is the other 11 managers in your league going to go, man, I, I cannot wait to give you a second and a third for that Traylon come draft time, right? Yeah. And that's how you have to think about these players. And with this day-to-day, week-to-week, I mean, hell, a summer, an off-season feels like a decade in today's dynasty world. Think about what you thought in March versus what is true today and how different it is, but also embrace the fact that you can build a team up very quickly yes, to the point where there's a player that I don't know if I could have obtained a month ago that I can buy for players that I would have considered nothings a month ago. And that's because there's always people going out, oh, that guy's injured. I don't want him anymore. That guy's not injured. I'll trade you for him for him. Like it, it can be that quick. And if you're active enough, you can take advantage of that. If, and I'll give a shout out to Jordan McNamara. He's always said this, one of his biggest flaws in dynasty. And I'm curious his thoughts now, because I haven't heard him say it in a little while, but when he gets to the off season, he never had the roster people wanted to trade with. And if there's one thing I can look at that team on the screen and go, there's probably a lot more players on that roster that I don't want any part of next year to the point where I might strip that team down to what? Four players. Yeah. That, well, five, that's, five players. I, that's I wanna, it. No, I want, I want to do that. Like literally I want well, to go say, back to it. Then from Put this it back team, up. who are you trading and who are you keeping? Just, 
I, and not what you and we can if somebody asks what for, but who can go? Like who can go off of this roster? I mean, you're probably keeping T Law. You're probably you got to probably make a convicted bet on Fields, which direction you want to go. But I would say our stance on Fields would be trade him if you can get the value you think he's worth now. But give him the next three weeks and see what you can get then. Like, don't shut your eyes to that. Mm-hmm. Purdy, I think you're pretty comfortable with Purdy for the next couple of years going into that. So yes. I'm good holding that. Then I think here's where it gets real challenging. Yes, for me, Ray. Not a single running back. Don't care. I We could almost argue maybe two or three in Dynasty. After that, I don't care. I can always rebuild a running back room in a season. And then the receivers. A lot of people in here may say Wilson, London, Alave, JSN for sure. But mm-hmm. do you have any hesitation moving London or Zero. JSN? You, you know what I mean? Like, Zero. If I can re-roll those for a couple Zero. firsts and a couple seconds or something like that. I mean, And I think that's the thing is don't. There's a lot less players that are going to be liquid in the offseason than you think, and don't let your personal biases get in the way. So this team, assuming it can get into the top two or three, and it's not one of those that's locked out of the top four or something for weird reasons, I, 80% of the roster, I'm okay just hey, liquidating it, gutting it. Who wants what? I'm flexible for pretty much everything other than maybe two or three players. Yeah, and that's the and that's that is the challenge that I think a lot of dynasty gamers have is getting over the bias of I can't move Drake London. I can't move Chris Olave. I can't. I can't do those things. And I'm like, you can. You can because you can buy back in. Even Garrett Wilson. I of that roster, Garrett Wilson would be one like I feel like I would I would like to keep Garrett Wilson. Like give me Garrett, let me hold on to Garrett Wilson. But let's just, let's just let's just ahead. say this. This is not should we trade them fr- trade them from a strategic standpoint or you know their value is shitty so there's no Correct. point in moving them right. No. This is even if JSN and Drake London rebound and are pretty good this year, you're still not scared to trade them on a team like this. So just press it. It has nothing to do with the player or the market. It's nothing. just the process of am I willing to move some of these assets before there's any more negative that happens or just for the flexibility of the offseason? Yeah, and, and I think that, again, that is a tough pill for people to swallow because they like these players. And, I mean, Scott, I don't dislike any player. Like, I like watching all these guys ball. Like, I like I want to see I, anybody in here that says they don't like watching Justin Fields ball and play football and play well, you're a lie because it's fun to watch him. But the reality is... A lot of these players that we like that are valued as the wide receiver 11 or the wide receiver 3, they got something called ADV. ADV, not ADP, ADV, artificial dynasty value. You go try and sell that Drake London, that Amon Ross St. Brown at whatever price is reflected on Keep Trade Cut and come call me whenever you do. Call me whenever you get wide receiver 3 prices for Amon Ross St. Brown. Call me whenever you get elite Number one wide receiver from the 2022 class tied to Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith. Prices for your Drake London. Go Give me a call when you're able to tear down off of Drake London for another receiver and a first. It ain't happening unless you got a complete village idiot in your league. It's not happening. So don't be afraid to move. That is a, it's a, it's a fake liquid asset because you get Drake London and you think I've got something and you've got a name with no game. 
and that's that is a lot of players. And, and to your point, Scott, with that roster, ain't no way in hell I'm going in the offseason with Alexander Madison. None. None whatsoever. He's got to be off my roster. Even if I'm a damn contender, I don't. That's not the type of asset that I want to carry forward. If I'm just in the thick of it and I'm scoring points, that's one thing. But that is not a liquid asset. You're stuck with Madison unless you end up having to package him up and selling at a reduced cost just to move him. But just if I can't move that asset as an isolated independent piece, if I want to, they ain't got as much value as you think. If I can't trade that player. That's it. Not packaged up. Put a bow on it. Just here's my London. I can go trade right now, Scott. I can go trade uh, Jordan Addison one for something else. Probably one for two. You know, the hype, the enthusiasm. I can go move that as you can't move no Quentin Johnston. Get moving for a third. So uh, it's one of those things that I think the quicker you come to grips with the fact that these players that you have, those Traylon Burks, I promise you, you can buy them back. Sell his ass, get your pick, liquidate him, and in the offseason when Tennessee dumps Ryan Tannehill and they don't draft the quarterback and they bring in some bum to to to, to carry him through for a year and the community is like Traylon Burks is, is, is dead now, go buy him back. If you like him that much, go get him later, but take your money, take your profit now. Yeah, that's a great example of really do that analysis because you just gave an example of if Burks kind of continues to falter this year, gets hurt again, whatever it might be. And then next year, everything goes awry, right? They just clean house, new QB, new offense, everything. And he's still there. And you're still going kind of similar to what happened to Rashad Bateman this year, right? Like new offense, bunch of guys got added around there, but you're like, all right, I still like the player. Yeah. Do that assessment though. Do you really like the player? Or do you like this weird combination of the player, the profile, the name, the situation, all these things? Because I've done that assessment before and I go, man, I'm just going to buy that guy back later. And then later comes and I go, man, I really didn't like that player as much as I thought. The situation's not, you know, there's, so our tunes even change. You might say, oh, I'll buy him back later when he's cheaper. Then when he's cheaper, you go, I don't really want him now because there's no point in buying him. So I think that's huge. And then just to one more thing you mentioned. We've had this long discussion when people mention about trades and they're trying, especially the ones where they're trying to go to the bottom. We'll talk yeah. about going to the top here in a second. Yes. But if you're trying to go to the bottom, like that roster, the two and three roster, let's say you've done the assessment already and you realize, okay, if I can and know your rules, know what's required from setting a lineup and all that stuff, like make sure you're not violating any yes. bylaws and all that kind of thing. But if it's a record gets the best draft pick, potential points gets the best draft pick, like look into what is the benefit I could see down the road? Because we do this exercise today, Ray, and, and someone sends you a future first, but you're giving up a player that you think you should get a first for, and you're having to kick in a second. Yeah. And you're looking at that going, man, I really don't want to sell DJ Moore and a second for a first on a team where I'm in the middle. It's one of those where you're like, I'm okay going into next year with DJ yeah. Moore because he's still a 26-year-old, pretty good proven receiver. Absolutely. So I don't mind holding him. Yes. But you have to analyze that trade of, damn, why do I have to give the second? I should yep. be able to get that first for DJ yep. Moore. But yep. if, if you hold your own pick, Ray, and now I put a trade up there that says, Ray, you have to give DJ Moore next year's 206 
and next year's 104. Mm -hmm. But you get a future first mm -hmm. and the 102. That deal looks pretty good now. Yeah, doesn't that's it? yeah, that's the yes, yes, it does look pretty good now. Yes, and, with that, and I with, think yes, that that is something that I don't think people appreciate is the what benefit am I getting that's not seen right away from freeing that roster spot, from dumping those points, from taking that DJ Moore out of my lineup? Because I guarantee you, if you're down in the range where you're fighting for the 101 to the 105, that one draft slot. That you can argue if it's the right tier, if it's the tier between QB three and Marvin Harrison Jr., you can argue that's worth a first alone. Now you can't project that today, but you mm -hmm. have to be thinking about man, if I can move this pick up next year from the one hundred two to the one hundred one, how much is that worth? One hundred three to the one hundred two, how much is that worth? Like you have to be thinking about that in your first round pick and even your second round pick. Like you. I, but it's not value that's going to be in the trade calculator. It's not going to be reflected to where you're going to go, no. okay, am I really going to haggle with Ray on that second-round pick that I got to give up? That late second that he keeps forcing me to throw in to give me that first for DJ Moore, am I really going to let that be the deal-breaker to me getting the deal done that I want to get done? No. And I don't think people look at that. They don't assess trades like that. They just say, X for Y, and if I'm not getting enough profit, then I'm not doing the deal. And then they leave a bunch of players on their roster. They forego potential flexibility. And then I'll tell you what, they kick themselves in six months. Man, Ray, would you have added that Rasheed Rice to the deal to move up from the 105 to the 102? Probably would have, right? But not, not at the time. You couldn't give him up in that deal. So just think about the back-end value that you don't see and maybe others don't even see. We got a super chat here from Top Miami, and he made a me uh, made a deal, or she Top Miami. I don't know who it is, but they made a deal. Um, I want to pull this up. Traded away Travis Kelsey for Nico Collins, Roshan Johnson, Logan Thomas, a twenty four first, a twenty four second. It's a one quarterback, full PPR. What do you think? And I'm assuming this is going off at the back of maybe a failed contender had Travis Kelsey unloaded Travis Kelsey and got this return. Single quarterback, PPR league, Kelsey for Nico Collins, um, Roshan Johnson, Logan Thomas, a 24 first and a 24 second. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, it's a one QB. So I bet you the person on the other side, if they were looking at taking a shot at an elite tight end, probably was like, all right, I can give a bunch of stuff. Yes. Including a one QB first and second. That's not going to kill you in a one QB. So right. 
but you know what? This is one of those deals where I bet you this is probably the best offer they're getting for Travis Kelsey. Yep. And yep. that's it. And it might not be what you want. You may have to make two more deals to turn all those assets into something you actually want. But don't decline it and go, okay, I'm not doing it because I'm I'm being stubborn. Nobody in my league will offer me anything better. And if you truly can say that, you've put Kelsey on the block every week of the year for the last or every week for the last five weeks and never got a bite. And then this shows up in your inbox. How do you assess that, Ray, when you're like, all right, I know this is 80% of what I should get, but I also know this league, it's like pulling teeth to even get an offer. Yeah. When do you just go screw it? I'm just going to accept the value and I'll live to see another day with these new pieces and we'll see when something comes up later. How, how do you assess that in your head, whether you just take it? Well, normally, and um, my mom told me this when I was very young and it stuck with me my entire life. And she said, son, sometimes the best lesson is a bot lesson, one that you have to pay for. Sometimes you learn the most by having to pay for something that you've done. And I've had to pay in the bad way, not in a good way, but I've had to pay by having that happen, getting greedy, asking for a little bit more. And let me tell you what the absolute worst feeling in Dynasty is. And everybody's been there and it's the worst damn feeling. Offer hits your inbox, your ass gets greedy, you want a little bit more. Don't hear from the manager for a couple of minutes. And the next thing you know, you see a trade go through and somebody else got the damn player that you could have had because you were haggling over a third round pick or Cortland Sutton or some dog shit rookie that's no good. And you're sitting back with your hands in your lap like, man, now and then you send an angry message to them. Damn, dude. Why you didn't you didn't even give me a chance to to counter. My man, I sent you I sent you a good deal from the rip. You know what I'm saying? And we've all been there before. So I've had to learn the very hard way uh, being offered multiple picks for a Trey Lance. And nope, couldn't do it. Needed more than a 25 second and a 24 first. I couldn't, couldn't just take the 25 second and I learned my lesson. So now when I've got an undesirable non-liquid asset and if anybody shows any sort of enthusiasm with a decent offer and... The offer that was given here, it's not a bad offer. Is it the best offer in the world that you would think when you're getting a, moving off of a Travis Kelsey? No, but two things are happening here. One, that team was like, I don't want this asset. Like, it's time to move off of here. Whatever happened, it's time to go. And two, somebody else actually wants to take on a 34-year-old tight end. Great. Give me a pick. Give me some stuff. I'll figure it out when I'm gone. And let me tell y'all, when you do this, whether it's from either side, because there comes a point where you got some nice young studs and you've got a shot to win it and you start to buy old assets and you got to move off those old, those young players, but it's liberating. Like once you press accept and you start to liquidate or buy, it's a good feeling because you're not even worried about, I don't even look at where the seconds are anymore, Scott. Give me all of them. Give me as many seconds. Give me the first. I will fit. Because there's one thing that is true as time, baby. In Dynasty, I don't care how good or bad the class is perceived to be today. Come March and April of draft time, they all those picks will rise in value. Every last one of them. People will want those. So, yeah, man, I, I've had to learn. Not, we aren't perfect, Scott. We aren't perfect. We've done deals where, man, I sh you told us one the other day. I should have taken the damn deal. Why didn't I just do that thing? Why didn't I do the deal right then and there? being a little too greedy because I couldn't move. Who was the player? What was the thing you couldn't move? You were saying it earlier today. It was a, it was either a pick or a player. You were like, could, was it Sutton? It wasn't Sutton. Who was the player you were saying that you couldn't move in a deal 
tried to get it done. You were telling the group that the other day, neither here nor there. Um, I got one more that I want to pull up, and then I'm going to ask you about buying. We're talking about selling assets, getting off of players. Here goes one from uh, Cooper Top 87. So one in four team, Deshaun Watson, this is a good one, Anthony Richardson, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Kyle Pitts, and Brian Robinson. That's his foundational pieces. He's one and four. What are you doing? This is your roster, Scott. This is your roster. You thought this was going to go get it. You, I mean, you got Higgins and Godwin, Lockett, Pitts. You're going to smash. You're one and damn four. What are you doing with this? Where do you start with this one? Well, I mean, everyone knows my first glance is going to be running backs. Any running backs gone. Don't care who it is. I mean, I'll sell Bijan. I'll sell Gibbs. I'll sell A-Chain. It doesn't matter. So running back, if I've stop, decided stop, I'm going stop. the other way. You I, said you would sell Bijan because we're in leagues with people who are owing whatever. A thousand because it's all play. But they cannot move Bijan Robinson because that can't move Gibbs. I can't. You are insane. Scott Connor at Charles Chill FFB for even insinuating that I trade Brees Hall. What are you talking about, man? Like, what are you talking about? Trading Brees? They can go? But you're full of shit, Scott. I don't believe you. And just my personal philosophy, and not clearly not everybody feels this way, because as a buyer, which we'll talk about in a second, there's a lot of running backs where I go, you know what? I will swallow the value just so I can get a little production. And maybe I'm trying to be a little greedy and buy a little bit of future insulation. But you go to a team, yeah, one and four, oh and five. If they have any running back that's producing, like that should be one where I'm willing to move it. And I see the comment. I'm not saying I'm giving Bijan away. What I'm yep. saying is that, hell, there's contending teams where if I have Bijan, I'm not saying I'm not trading him. And maybe that's just Ray and I, Yep. We play in a lot of leagues. We're willing to trade any player. You want my Bijan, I'm not going to sweat it if I move him on a team where he's perfectly aligned. So I think it's just running backs go. I'm always open. Now, it doesn't mean there's not one or two that I'll hold on to on right. certain teams for whatever reason. And and sometimes with the running back market too, hold if it's just a player where nothing you can get but a third-round pick, wait a couple weeks. Wait till the demand drives up maybe a little bit for that player. Right. So you don't have to sell them right now, but the point is I don't want to go into the offseason holding, man, I got Tony Pollard and Travis Etienne. Just wait till next year. <laughs> Just wait. You know, like that's not how you want to play it at running no. back. And we even talked about earlier, I mean, receivers. T. Higgins, he'll be 25, entering free agency. Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett. You know, those are not staples in my roster. So maybe it's Pitts. Maybe it's the QBs there, but hell, if someone wants Watson, I'm okay moving him. Like that, that's not off the table. CD Lamb, okay moving him if someone really wants him. So again, it's just these teams are going to go. I got a foundation of eight players, and really it's one or two, maybe three at most. Like it's, and it doesn't mean giving players away. Right, right. But if someone comes to you with a creative deal on an injured receiver that goes down and they go, man, I'm going to give you the injured. Devonte Smith and a first for CD Lamb. Okay, I consider that. Not even because I want I want Devonte Smith for next year, but it's because it's a liquid asset that I know in the off season there'll be a market for me to move. So that's the kind of deal I'm entertaining, regardless of who the player is. And I, I would want to mention one comment before we move on. Uh, Sanford put in the chat. Uh, contenders should be thinking the same way. Do not let the extra third or fourth or that extra second stop you from getting the deal done that you want because one lesson is very few dynasty trades are going to show up in your inbox in the value 
and the form or structure that you want. Mm. Say, that again, say that again. Say that one more time, Scott. Very few offers are going to show up that match the value you want and the structure you want. Mm-hmm. Like those are few and far between. Like I could say, Ray, Ray, do you like a thousand dollars? If I said I'm going to give you a thousand dollars, you'd be like, hell yeah, Ray. I'm going to dump a hundred thousand pennies on your driveway. <laughs> you still take the money? Yeah, um, immediately yeah, yeah. your head is going, all right, how much is it going to cost me to clean up the 100,000 pennies, get it to the bank, and turn that thousand right, into right, what? Right. You're not to pay, you pay a kid in the neighborhood $200 to clean it all up and take it to the bank. Guess what? You still got 800 bucks, right? Yeah. That's dynasty right there. That is dynasty. It's not yeah. always going to be this perfect package of, oh my gosh, the value is great. And it fits my roster. Let me smash accept that trade. That's not how it works. So you kind of got to be willing to go, okay, what's the assessment here? And is it worth just getting the deal done? Somebody said, hell no, they don't want the thousand if you're going to drop all the, but I fit, but that, but that's, that's the trade in the inbox, man. That was a good, uh, good lower. Yeah. Yeah. You could dump those pennies on my driveway. Somebody said, shit, drop them right over here. I will take them. I love it. But, that's what makes the dynasty cycle and dynasty market go. So um, we had another super chat here, man. Um, let me see. One in four. Okay. For Mitchell Jacobs. Think I have an interesting one. 12 teams. Super flex. Start 10. Half PPR. Burrow, A. Rich, JT, Kenneth Walker, Drake London, MPJ, Nico Collins, Kincaid as key pieces. I'm one in four with no first. I like this. This is an interesting one. One in four. No firsts. You're keeping Burrow and AR. There's no doubt about that. They're locked and loaded. You're not doing anything with them. JT, Kenneth Walker. Scott, let's just start there. These are two running backs that are valued right now as top five, top eight running backs in Dynasty. Kenneth Walker's producing like a top three running back, and Jonathan Taylor just got a deal. So he's locked up for another couple of years. Whether, Whether he's the new Ezekiel Elliott or the old JT, we don't know but he's locked up and everybody loves him. We've already kind of talked about London, Pittman Jr., Nico Collins. Like, honestly, I'm just telling y'all now, th- those guys are just, uh, I'll, I'll leave that for another day. Nico and MPJ are fine, but point is, and then you got Dalton Kincaid as a tight end. You're one at four. No first. What are you doing here? Where, where do you start with this? Because I like the pieces here. This is a nice foundation. It's good. Personally, I look at this and I'm like, shit, if I got to roll in the next year with Kenneth Walker, JT on the on on just first glance, I'm like, all right, that's not that bad. Like I got JT and Kenneth Walker next year, but I know you don't view it the same. So talk through that one. This is a good one with no first. Yeah, I like the question because it is a team where just on the surface with no first one in four, if everybody was healthy, I could sell myself on, you know what? I've already traded my first. Let me see where I can maybe fill in a gap here, fill in a gap there, do it as cheap as possible. And we had a long discussion in the voice chat today about how do I create value out of nothing? And when you come out with the full Trinity stuff, it's going to be very evident ways where you can go, okay, I got a receiver that's valued X and I can probably get a receiver plus and still plug the receiver I'm getting into the same spot, and voila, I turned a receiver into a receiver and a second-round pick, which I can then turn around and go get something else with. And really, from your perspective, you're looking at it as, yeah, that's my wide receiver three. 
and I pivoted and I got extra value out of just name for name, you know, mm-hmm. but on this team, you're, you're, the tough thing is you're one and four, you don't have your first, and now you lost a rich. So I think you got to pick a direction. I think what you have to do with this team is there's no incentive to tank, but I still think I'd be looking at this going, okay, I don't need my own first back. You can certainly, Shane's a huge advocate of going back to your team. And I don't know if I love this because it's anytime I try to do this, especially with, you know, my Twitter handle or my company name as my team name, like someone knows is like, they're, they're, they're there to just rake me over the course, you know? So, but he's always like, you know what, go back and beg the person that has your first, what do you want for it? Everything's open season. You want Drake London and Kenneth Walker. It's yours. You know, do you want to talk a deal for this or that? It's yours. I don't like that. I kind of like just saying, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. I'm not going to worry that I traded my first, but I'm still trying to get to the construction that I want to get to next year. But I think at a team like this, you got to open up everything for trade, man. Like probably not a rich because you probably can't move them at this point and there's no incentive to, but someone comes and they want Burrow and they want to give me, I don't know, CJ Stroud in a second or something. You know what I mean? Like I got to listen to every other player. I can't grab Burrow and hold him really tight and go, man, I can't move him because I need him next year. I can't move Drake London because he's a young receiver. Like I think you got to open up everything on that roster and just be shooting for process trades and value up and down. And nobody is too secure on that team to move. That's just my take because I don't have an incentive to dump points. But I need, don't you agree that team needs to find a way to create some more liquidity and yes. just overall well, value into the offseason? And so it's probably t- not t- holding the running back. Talk about that. That I think okay. that's the missing piece as yeah. because people are asking, what, like, it, it, listen, when we say we will sell a player, trust me, we're not idiots. We're not going to sell Bijan Robinson for a second round pick or a single first. Like, we're not advocating that you go out there and just fire sale like like damn Toys R Us is, is closing. Like We're not advocating that you do that, right? But just quickly, Scott, because I want to get to at least two more of these before we get out of here. What is the reason why? What When you say look, liquid, right? Because let me, let me just give you both sides of this. Why do I want to sell the good player that may be injured, that the offense is bad, that I know is going to be the starter next year? I I know this. I know Kenneth Walker is starting next year. At least I think that, right? Why do I want to give that up for a pick and risk not even getting 50% of what Kenneth Walker is? Like, what is the strategy behind being liquid? Because my dynasty brain a while ago thought, nah, man, like I don't want to re-roll this Kenneth Walker for first. Hell no. Like, I'd rather have Kenneth Walker next year than whatever I'm going to get Romo Dunze or, or, you know, Raheem Sanders at the back of the first. I want Kenneth Walker. So just talk about what it means to be liquid. What do you do with that? Why is that important going into the offseason? It's back what we talked about earlier this show is you want to have the assets that it's not what they're worth or what they can be for you next year. It is how much demand are they going to hold when I know that team you put on the screen there's a lot of work that team needs to put in before next year if they want to contend. We agree with that. It doesn't have enough assets, and it doesn't have necessarily the right kind of assets for punting a year. 
So I know I'm going to have to put in some work. I'm going to have to do some grinding. I'm going to have to do some tearing down. I'm going to have to have some conviction in some spots. But what I'm not going to do is go, you know what? I know X is going to happen next year, and I'm going to forego all opportunities to move Jonathan Taylor the next week or two if he has a big game. He's right back to the old JT. What am I waiting for? Same with Walker. And it's the same with the receivers. I think the point is, if you're going to go into next offseason, knowing you got a bunch of work to do, you want to maximize the demand for the assets you have. Not necessarily just the value, but the demand. So when it comes to running backs, listen, it's a week-to-week, year-to-year game. So if I'm out of it, there's no re. I can. I am, I guess, maybe arrogant enough or just active enough to be comfortable going into next year going, well, Ray, I think I have a contending team here. I don't have any running backs. I got some draft picks, some firsts, maybe a couple seconds, a bunch of any running backs on a 53, uh, some roster spots where I can pick up running backs that maybe are nobodies that are, you know, a Mary D. Mercados that are starting in week six, you know, like that, that you need to have a plan where it's not just what can I do right now? It's all the subsequent moves that give me the flexibility to take on some of the randomness. If the last thing I'm building is a running back room and a random tight end dart, I will wait till the 11th hour next off season to build that. So I want as much flexibility to where other people are going to come to me in the off season and go, man, you got a lot of picks. Can I get a couple of those seconds? You got a couple young receivers that held their value through the off season. Can I get a couple of those? Like that's where I want to be. And that's, that's just the year to year dynasty game. So that, that, it's not even about the players. It's just the type of players, and the reality is very few types of assets hold their value into the offseason. That's what I'm targeting if I'm breaking a team like that down. And, and just think about, especially with the running back position, Scott, especially with running back, think of, think of what you paid for Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. for Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, hell, B. John Robinson in a startup. And then think about what you could have bought James Conner, Kyron Williams, Zach Moss, all these Devon A. Chain, for that matter, took a shot on a rookie that are producing for you. Maybe, maybe they're not as sexy or as insulated as B. John Robinson, but in the game and the market that we play now, I can go buy Derrick Henry right now. Alvin Kamara, I can go buy him, and he ain't gonna cost you a first. It's just not. It's just not. It's not the same market. You can literally buy running back production week to week. If you wanted to play that game. And it's not it's it's not a game for the faint of heart. You have to grind. You're going to you're going to end up starting some guys that just. It, it, and the funniest part about this, Scott, is think about how many. This is how you really know. Think about how many rosters y'all have out there with Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. I got him in the starting lineup right now. Ramondre's fired up because it's going to be the week. It's happening this week. Firing him up, and then I'm gonna look at. Look at the damn end of the week, and Keontae Ingram scores two damn touchdowns. And Ramondre's got 22 yards and got yanked in the third quarter because the Patriots' offense stinks. I mean, it's just, this is the stuff that happens. I'm thinking about all the Tony Pollards I have, and I'm just like, my God, you know, I'm getting I'm getting points from places that I never even imagined, Scott, that I never even imagined because they just play running back. They're just a running back, dude. So I'm with you, like, I've seen people, and I respect it. Bijan stays on my roster no matter what. If you're Owen, if you're Owen one with him, like how do you? How does that? When 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 do you actually realize those points in a meaningful way? 
Hey, when? When, when, it, when? Maybe you turn it around next year, but chances are if you drafted Bijan and you're still owing whatever it is, there's probably some other structural things going on with your roster that are, are that is creating this uh, losing window that you're in. But I, I'm just not afraid to move any of these guys. Because two years ago, Jonathan Taylor was the most secure thing that Dynasty had ever seen. Just secure. S- smash. Never seen six foot, 230 pounds, runs a 4-3, 40-yard dash, and he's on this awesome offensive line with the Colts. Now it's like, shit, I really don't even want JT. You know, I like him. He's good, but ain't as secure. And it, this is not an indictment on This is how we have treated the running back position year after year. It's what are you doing for me now? And don't get so attached to the name. Like, who cares if it's Bijan? It's an Atlanta Falcons running back in the NFL. Running back in the NFL. And it's not just a running back dig show. It's a lot of these players. It's the T. Higgins. It's the Drake Londons. It's the players who have this ADV, this artificial dynasty value that keeps you locked in and you can't move it. And they're they're doing you no good. Because even if you hold those guys to next year, tell me, Scott, as it sits today, and maybe all hell could break loose and they end up drafting Drake May, if they roll into next season with Desmond Ritter as the starting quarterback, which is very real and very possible, what changes for that Drake London that you've held? Like, what changes? What changes? Nothing. Maybe he gets a little bit better. Maybe. But is it worth holding through all the volatility, all the roller coaster, the up and down? You got to be able to recognize, have a real talk with your roster, and understand these are just players. Like, just just move them. Get liquid, and you will have a lot more fun. Like, I promise you, it's fun. It's liberating. when you. It may suck now that you're losing, but once January and February rolls around, and you're the person that's got 11 picks in the out of the first three rounds, you're sitting on gold. You can go buy whoever you want. You can literally turn your team around in an offseason. In an offseason. With that first, I guarantee you after the season, if you wanted to, you can buy Pacheco plus something else for that first round pick so someone can draft Keon Coleman. Guarantee you. Guaranteed. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of analogies I can make, but I think it just comes down to the fact that the Dynasty game moves so quickly, and I touched on this on Destination Dynasty the other night, but and it's very hard. I don't want to go too much into it because I don't have a great way to kind of show the people how to quantify it, but we're moving in a game where, and I don't know if it's like trade calculator sites and keep trade cut eventually becomes obsolete because I don't think that's really what their purpose is. They're just almost like a, a measurement of how popular and how players are trending up and down. That's really all a trade calculator is, is looking at what directions are players going, what are people valuing as a whole. But what never can be measured, and I think this is the key to really doing this analysis, is it's not what you can get for the players. It's not what they're worth. It is what is their demand. Yes. And let's be honest. There's a lot of players that I can say, okay, this player has demand now. They may have value. The value may always be the same. I can argue that a producing, aging receiver like a DeAndre Hopkins or a Mike Evans, their demand fluctuates week to week. Their value is almost always going to be sticky from a standpoint of the person that has them over the last five years, they are probably sitting in a spot where the person that has them, the value that they are asking is always going to remain right around the same. 
because they're there for a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. But the demand is what changes. That's what you have to think about if you have some of these rosters. Yeah. You have to do a true and honest assessment going, okay, if I have Jerry Judy and he goes out and has a good game or, you know, the rumor now is that he's going to get traded and, man, if he gets traded somewhere that has a good offense, whatever, right. it's not that he's not worth what he's worth, but there's demand, right? How many mm -hmm. players have you said, oh, I don't need to worry about this demand window. I'll be able to trade him next week. Next week comes and something happened and you can't move them. Yeah. And and that may be the moment where I go, I actually want to move them. And it's where you challenge this idea that, hey, Drake London is a liquid asset next offseason, right? Mm -hmm. Until in your league, that week where you need to liquid liquidate that asset, you put him on the block. Hey, who wants Drake London? Nobody. Ah, I'm good. Yeah, Nobody. Good. So, yep. so you thought he should be a liquid asset. Until you want to go withdraw all the money from the bank and they go, yeah, we're, we're, we're low on cash. You got to wait till next week. Yeah. So think about that and how you want to store the value on your roster and think about the demand of what drives players demand up and down. Why do players teams want some of the guys on your roster? And what is that worth for you to capitalize on that now when there may never be another demand winner? That, that's the biggest takeaway from this, regardless of where your team right. is. Always be thinking in that lens. It's not what I can trade them for is can I move them or can I buy them? Let me ask you some quick ones because we got two super chats we need to get to before we get out of here. So very quickly, from the reverse side, are there any injured players that you would be willing to buy on let's just say a failed contender that's trying to liquidate and get get liquid so let me throw one out there anthony richardson goes on ir there may be a team that was competing and a rich was i know he only played like two full games but when he was in there he was scoring points they lost anthony richardson damn a rich is down this absolutely bled my chances is that the type of player that you're willing to liquidate some of your 24 capital to go buy that quarterback knowing it's not going to do anything for me this year. This is a next-year play. So, Anthony Richardson, just yes or no, are you willing to buy him, generally speaking? Is that like the type of asset that, for the right roster, you're willing to go offer that contender? Let's just say you had a Matt Stafford, um, a 2-2 Atwell, and a you know a first, and they were like, cool. Like, I, that, that was the offer that came through. To, to get your producing Matt Stafford... Get the stack of Tutu Atwell. Hell, let me make it even better for you, Scott. Let me just give you Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are on your failed contender. Failed. And you're you're awful. You're 0-5, but you got Stafford and Cup. The A-Rich manager comes to you and said, I, I want that Stafford and Cup. And all they send you is Anthony Richardson for Stafford and Cup. That's it. A-Rich for Stafford and Cup. Are you making that deal? Yeah, that's an easy one. I mean, and, and to, okay. to blanket answer here is... It's Richardson and Jefferson. This might be the only window okay. you can buy them. There it is. There it is. That's it. That, this might be the only chance you can buy them. And don't – how many times have I said when it comes to the elite players, you the discount isn't what you're getting. It's that you're getting them. That you're getting it. Just buy them. Just – Scott ain't saying go trade five first-rounders for Justin Jefferson. Nobody should ask that. But your window is open to buy those players. So Jefferson – Anthony Richardson, the window was open. Go get him. And real quick, a lot of people want to know, A-Chan, are you buying him? Are you buying Devon A-Chan? I'm more apt to buy A-Chan on a roster where I actually think I can still win and I can get potentially the 
the spark plug the second half of the year for my team. But on a no, nah, I, I mean, how many times have I said during this, if I'm going into the offseason with no intent of winning, then no reason to even buy a running back. Even him. Yeah. Even him. No, no. That just it's just a positional thing. So no. Man, my uh my girl Jazz is in here. She uh she said, I don't give a damn. She said Bijan's eight RB eight and hadn't even scored a touchdown. I'm holding him no matter what. I, I I wanted to get to that, but we'll 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 get with Jazz next week. That's my girl. But three quick super chats right here. Uh Scott, we got one right here um from CLC F fifteen. Um, 12 team super flex. And these are the only thing we do not put another super chat in here. Cause we ain't going to answer it. We'll have to get to it next week. Um, where are we at? So, uh, 12 team super flex start nine PPR Tua, Watson, Kyler, Bijan, Aaron Jones, Tyree, Cooper cup, Amon Ra, Olave Pitts, one in four, but top four in points. I don't have any draft capital quickly. Scott thoughts on this one. No draft capital, top four in points. Listen, that's a start nine roster. I'm taking a shot. I'm continuing to plug in the gaps and just try to win. All right. Joseph, uh, 10 team, start 12. 10 team, start 12. Okay. 2QB, trying to tank. Can get to uh, can get two seconds for Geno, but team who wants him is one and four, and I have their 24 first. Would be his QB two. Does Geno move the needle enough to where I shouldn't help him out? So this is a theory thing. It's a 10 team. So I don't value the QB nearly as much. It is a two QB. It is two QB. So, so it is two QB. I like the part about I have his first is helping him hurting me. If that's an assessment that you think it's going to, that's a good factor to factor into the trade. Personally, in this format, I'd be okay taking the two seconds. It, listen, if Geno Smith is hurting my draft pick yeah. next year, then <laughs> so I, if you want to liquidate, I'm okay with it. That's probably a guy you may be able to buy for a second in the offseason in a 10-team. Agreed. So I'd take it. Last one here. 2QB League. I had Mahomes and A. Rich. I have Zach Wilson on the bench. On waivers, it's Minshew and Ritter. Um, $33 out of 150 is all I have left. Bid it all on Minshew. I mean, you probably got to get one of them. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with Ritter. I mean, I'm okay with Ritter or Minshew, but sure, I guess since you have A. Rich, if you want to prioritize Minshew, then that's fine. I'd probably go Minshew <laughs> over the others, but I'd put I'd still put a bid in on Ritter, and yep. I'd put a small bid in on, you know, whatever else could be out there as a backup. Like, I wouldn't go dry. You know what I mean? If I don't get Minshew, then fine. If I don't get Ritter, then make sure I pick up a backup quarterback in that spot too, just in case variance flips my way as well. Good question. Here's the, here's the, here's how we wrap this up. Jasmine said one in four, but top four in points. F fantasy. We've That's, all been there. We, we've we've been had there. them in the other way too. <laughs> but four and one and my team's garbage. I don't know how the hell it's four and one, you know? Oh man. That's the show. Thank y'all for tapping in to destination chill. We're getting into our groove. This was another good one. I think this is very applicable to a lot of people in here. Scott hit you with a bunch of takeaways. Go back replay it listen to this some stuff and if you really if y'all want more like more of this this is literally what we do all day every day except for saturdays and sundays and sometimes we're popping it off in there go to destinationdevy.com jump in the discord I, i'm i'm telling you it is a a great resource 
for like-minded people who do this stuff all day. So appreciate y'all tapping in. We are going to head over to the Discord to continue this conversation with an A&A, myself and Ty DeClaire, who's one of the writers for Destination Debbie and one of the reviewers for Dynasty Trades in 5. And actually, Scott, before we get out of here, I do want to show this because I think I still have it up. Roster reviews, Scott, can you just make a quick plug for the roster reviews I got on the screen? Yeah, Dynasty Trades in 5 does roster reviews. We've plugged them before on the show, but you can see it on the screen. Check out the site, dynastytradesin5.com backslash roster review, or send an email to roster review at dynastytradesin5.com. There's a bunch of options. If you want to know kind of what direction to take your team, uh, inquire there, check it out. There's some options in there uh, for myself and Shane to do it. You can get on live stream with Trades in 5 if you want to go to the big boy package, but uh yeah, send an email or inquire, and uh, we'll hit you up with the information. There it is. Appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all next Wednesday. Be chill, y'all. We're out.